Tiger and his son Charlie Woods play in the PNC Championship. Jets win. Why that's not necessarily a good thing. The top four in college football and everything that you need to know about James Harden. All of that and more on week 13 of It's Sports This. Welcome to another episode of It's Sports This. We are on week 13, episode 13, and not even Christmas and the big man himself can stop us from recording an episode. Nice. There's too much to talk about this week, like Tiger Woods playing with his son Charlie in the PNC Championship Tournament. This It was this past weekend, right? Yes. Yeah. And I think it was just like a two-day tournament. Like, I don't think, like the standard PGA Championship Tournament is four days. They like have practice on Tuesday and Wednesday, and then they play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the PNC, since it was like a a charity thing was on Saturday and Sunday. So it was a two day tournament. To be honest, I didn't even know that they were having the tournament. I just so happened to turn on the TV, saw that there was a golf championship going on, watched it and saw Tiger playing with his mini me, Charlie. And it was the cutest duo I've ever seen in golf. They I've seen so many like slowdowns of like them swinging the golf club next to each other. And they have like identical swings, not to mention they also were dressed identically. So it was like, and I mean, their skin is the same color. Like they literally to your point, Christine, he just looked his son, Charlie, um, just looked like a mini tiger woods out there. So it was, it was good to see. And I think, you know, the reason why everybody is so fascinated with tiger woods is because yes, he is an amazing golfer. He's been an amazing golfer. There's videos of, of tiger playing golf with his dad when he was two years old, like he was swinging one of those play golf clubs, but also not only because he is one of the most decorated golfers, but also because there was quite a bit of drama in his personal life. 10 or so years ago. I don't know if you remember, there were prostitutes involved and all different golf types clubs of- being hit or, um, or golf clubs, hitting his car, being yes, chased his, on the street with golf yes, clubs by his, his wife. Yeah. His wife slammed. That's right. So tiger was like on a drug bender and like ran his car into some tree. And then his wife broke the back, um, the, back windshield with a golf club. And so he kind of had a fall from grace a while ago with society. I'll never forget that year that that happened because he played in the Wachovia tournament, which is now, um, the Wells, which is now the Wells Fargo. Yes. At Quail Hollow. Yep. In which is now the Wells Fargo tournament. And I had tickets to that, um, to that tournament. So I was there with my friends and we, uh, just, I wasn't meaning to follow tiger, but we were on the hole that he was playing. And after he was done, you know, he walks down, everybody gets to high five him. Well, I remember he high fived me and I, my initial reaction should have been like, that's so cool. Tiger Woods just high fived me. My initial reaction was cheater. You're a cheater. I hate you. <laughs> like I was mad at him and I'm like, I don't even know this man. And I'm sitting here like, yeah, I can't cheer you on. I can't say you're, I can't take your handshakes. You cheater. Yeah. So yeah. he had this huge fall from grace. He's been a Nike sponsor for, I mean, decades now Nike dropped him. It was a whole big thing. And so yeah. seeing him now, you know, he's definitely, he's been playing golf more, um, you know, he's been, I think he won a championship or a major this year. So he's been back in the public eye. Nike picked him back up. So Nike sponsored him again. So I think seeing him with his son 
is just, it does just, it kind of melts your heart a little bit. Yeah. It warms your heart. Right. So you can't, all of those feelings that you had about him being a cheater 10 plus years ago. Yeah. All out the window, because when I saw him with his son, I wanted, I wanted to hug him. I mean, too, you know, Charlie, his son is only 11 years old. He's so, so cute with his mini me in matching pink outfits and watching Charlie play was really incredible because I mean, he's so poised. I know like, and Tiger said too, he was like, he, every shot that he made was his own decision. I didn't tell him what to shoot. I didn't tell him what clubs to use. I didn't tell him anything. Really. I stood behind him and let the kid play. (laughs) He has golf in his DNA, obviously. I mean, he is the son of Tiger Woods, but I think, you know, he'll be damned if he's not going to be just as good, if not better golfer than his dad is. So good for him standing on his own two feet. If that were to actually happen, if that were to actually happen, we have another 30 plus 40 plus years of watching another woods Woods Ken. Yeah. Ken just kill it on the golf course too, which would be awesome, but they didn't win the tournament. Um, they still shot 10 under, which is insane. Incredible. Um, Yes. But Kuchar and and Matt Kuchar and his 13 year old son, Cameron are the ones that won with 14 under. Yeah. And I think they played this. Yeah. So they play this, this, um, this game called, oh my gosh, what is it called? Captain's choice. I want to say, and the way that it works is you basically play the best ball. So tiger, um, tees off and his ball is, you know, 300 yards right down the center of the fairway, but then Charlie tees off and his, um, his ball goes, you know, far left into the woods, you would play tiger's ball. So both of right. them will then go to tiger's ball and then play the ball. Um, so you play the best ball and you have basically two shots every time that you hit the ball to put it in the perfect position. So you typically do see really low scoring, um, rounds whenever you have captain's choice, but right. What did they, what, what did they, was they were 10 under you said? Charlie and Tiger were 10 under, but Kuchar and his son who won the tournament were 14 under. That is absolutely amazing. I'm I'm playing golf tomorrow and I'm trying to already channel my inner patience because I have so much fun on the first nine holes. And then the the back nine that I just like, I get tired and I start to play worse and then I get more frustrated. And it's a total mental game. Total it's a total mental game. And whenever people shoot 14 under, it's just, it's so impressive. And especially him playing with this 13 year old son, uh, who, who also played really well, but yeah, I, um, also want to remind you guys, we did a bonus episode with Joe, the golf guy about everything that you need to know. Um, not only about, I think it said the masters, but also all of the basics of golf. So if we're talking completely complete gibberish to you, you've already tuned out go back to the bonus episode that we have about golf so that you can learn all the basics and know what we're talking about. When we say 10 under 13 under, Um, I want to say we even discussed Tiger Woods in that episode. So everything that you need to know is in that bonus episode, but yes, Matt Kuchar, who for everybody in the golf world calls him Cooch. So whenever he's like walking up and down the fairway, you'll hear people chanting whenever they're were spectators. It almost sounds like they're booing. 
Yes. It almost sounds like they're booing, but they're, they're cheering cooch for him cooch. So him and his 13 year old son ended up winning the PNC championship game at our tournament at 13 under and watching Kucher win the tournament was so amazing, but you know, who was also amazing to watch Christine who the jets. You want oh my God. You want to know jets. I feel so bad for jets fans. Well, okay. I honestly, I feel so bad for the Jets fans. Okay, sorry, go for it. No, that's okay. So I want to talk first, why is this a bad thing, right? The Jets have had a terrible season thus far, right? So they've been completely defeated. They went into last week. Nobody could have predicted that they were going to beat the Rams, but they did. Why is this bad? This is bad, bad. I'm putting that in quote marks. This is bad for the Jets because... They have one win now, and so does the Jackson. So do the Jacksonville Jaguars. And since the Jacksonville Jaguars' strength of schedule is easier than the Jets, statistically speaking, if both of them continue to lose out for the rest of the season, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be able to pick first in the 2021. NFL draft and go back to episode one. I want to say it was episode one. We talked about the whole tanking for Trevor, right? Who is the number one, most likely going to be the number one draft pick who is coming out of Clemson. He is their amazing quarterback. And it's the only thing that Jets fans were hanging on to this year was, Oh, it was their only hope was Trevor Lawrence. Apparently it was their only hope. That being said, I think there's a lot of question as to why, why would the jets win? And I, I want to bring a different perspective because I don't think that there's enough like jets fans are going to be angry and you're going to read, you know, there's all these tweets and people, oh, there's a Instagram. thousand different tweets of jets fans, just so, so upset and disappointed and to Sarah's point, which she's about to explain, these are professional athletes here, you know, they're yes. going to play the game of football and they're not going to just throw it away. Right. That's right. So as much as the general manager who is kind of the puppet master in this entire, the, the leagues, right? So each team has a general manager and the general manager has a vision for what they want their team to be. If it was up to the general manager, yeah, the Jets would have lost against the Rams so that the general manager could puppet master and get Trevor Lawrence first in the draft, but these players that are on this team and these coaches, they're playing for themselves, but they're also playing for them, their families. So their contract might be up at the end of this season. And then what, you know, if they're right. playing for a losing jets team and as an individual player, their stats are terrible because the jets purposefully lost they might not have a job at the end of this. So yeah, time, and, time and time again, these players are not just professional athletes and yeah, it's in their blood. It's in their DNA to win, but this is their job. This is their career. And so if their contract is not any further than what the end of this season holds with the jets and they go out there and they lose on purpose and their stats you know, that's all that they have is their, their resume going to the next team is their stat line. And so if right. they go out and they miss tackles and they, um, you know, fumble the ball and they don't complete passes, 
it's going to mean that they're not going to have a long career in the NFL. And so not only do they want to win, but they want to do well for themselves to guarantee that they have a career in the NFL. Well, I think too, if they, you know, lost on purpose, they would be known as the team that, that threw the game and nobody wants to be known as that. It would be blatantly obvious what they were doing. Yes. I mean, and most people would think that they would do that to, in order to get Trevor Lawrence, but I think it would be blatantly obvious. And I don't think that's a very good look, but I mean, even though they won that game, they won their very first game of the season. I still think the biggest winner in this scenario isn't the Jets. It's Trevor Lawrence, who will most likely now go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So back to what Sarah said with strength of schedule, the Jags would win the strength of schedule tiebreaker, which just means that the Jets schedule was harder than the Jags. If both of those teams go one in 15, which they did. So Trevor now is going to go over to the Jacksonville Jaguars, most likely unless the Jags win this last game, which that's probably not going to happen. Let's be right. honest. Okay. So let's just, let's just paint the picture. Cause I feel like the Trevor Lawrence gods have aligned and yeah. Trevor Lawrence, the man known for his long, beautiful blonde locks on the beach in Jacksonville, not paying any income tax where the cost of living is significantly less expensive. I mean, really? Everything just looks like it's on the up and up for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if it wasn't already going first in the NFL, now moving to Jacksonville, Florida, instead of needing to move to, I don't even know where in New Jersey, New York, New Jersey, it's even in, it's in New Jersey. So moving from, you know, going, we still love you. All of our friends that live close in New Jersey, but uh, it's too cold and expensive. It's so much more expensive than Florida is. So Definitely Trevor Lawrence got the best of both worlds when we're talking about this whole jet situation. Oh, he was probably cheering at home whenever the jets won. He was probably like, thank God. He's so sweet though. He would never say uh, a bad word against any organization. He's such a godly man. He's so sweet. And so he always says whenever he's on like press conferences that, you know, he's just so thankful to be able to play the game. And he's so thankful that he's even being in the talks of going first in the NFL draft. So he's such a great soul. And obviously we are happy for him no matter. Yes. We are happy for him no matter where he goes, but it's looking like he's going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, this is perfect because when we're talking Trevor Lawrence in college football, so Clemson, who Trevor Lawrence plays for, is number two in the college playoff poll along with three other teams. So, Sarah, let's talk top four and who else is in the um, college playoffs. So, we have uh, Alabama. That's right. Alabama was a shoe-in at 11-0. That was a duh, a no-brainer. We have Clemson. Clemson's at 10 and one. That was the second duh, no brainer. The only thing that was kind of like lingering is, um, Trevor Lawrence was out for 10 days. Um, right. Whenever they played Notre Dame, when they played Notre Dame because of COVID and they lost. Right. So that game was kind of looming, but they got a second chance, if you will, in the ACC championship game when Clemson played Notre Dame and totally smacked Notre Dame. It was so boring. It was such a boring game. Uh, We stopped what we were doing and 
um, Michael and I are in Texas for Christmas. So we've had, we've been pretty busy, but I was like, you know, we have to find somewhere to watch this game because I'm so curious to see what happens. Yep. And we watched the first half of it. And I was just like, this is a horrible game. Clemson. I don't even know what the final score was, but it was a lot, a lot Clemson to a little Notre Dame blown out of the water. I mean, it was a horrible, horrible game, but So number Um, one and number two are always, I feel like they're kind of like, yeah, yeah, we knew that number three and number four always bring controversy. So this year is no different. And number three is Ohio state at six and O and Notre Dame at 10 and one six and O right. So they haven't even played most of their games due to COVID, which is so unfair. Correct. Correct. So this is an unpopular opinion. Apparently Notre Dame was like the big team that everybody was talking about how they were not qualified to be in the top four after their appearance in the ACC championship game, getting absolutely smacked by Clemson. But to me, Ohio state really sticks out. And again, you guys, these polls, um, these rankings are all done by human beings. So there is, you know, room for different opinions And my opinion, which, like I said, is not really the most popular one is that Ohio state does not deserve to really even be in the top five, let alone number three, because of how many games they played. We're not alone in feeling this way, Sarah. I've spoken to probably 50 people since being in Texas about like on their opinions about it. And everybody says the same thing. Yeah. So there's a reason. Exactly. There's a reason why. So I guess I should start even higher level Ohio state, their conference said because of COVID reasons, they needed to sit out for the first four, four or five games of their season. So they only played five regular season games and one in their conference championship game. So six total games. So the first five games of their season, because their conference said it was not safe for them because of COVID they sat out. I, this is hairy, but I get, I get that because of COVID we needed to maneuver and adjust in 2020 accordingly, but all of the others still have played all their games with their backups. Like every other team did all of the other teams that we're talking about that played a full schedule, Alabama and Clemson, had to sit some of their star players out in some of these games. And I know, for example, like we just spoke Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, Ohio state, their first game back their first game, I guess, of the regular season, which was halfway through the regular season for everybody else. They did have to sit, you know, 15 plus players for being out on COVID leave, but they've never really had a really strong schedule, right? So it's not really like they played, you know, five powerhouse teams on for the second half of their, for their season. But there's a full reason why you play a full season and not just say, okay, who's ranked in the preseason as the top four. Like, obviously we know these are the top four going into the season, but you know, with injuries, with now COVID leave taken into consideration. I mean, there's so many, uh, the, the exhaustion that you get week after week after week after playing, I mean, so many games, I think if the college football playoff poll is saying, you know, 
yeah, we're making an exception this year because of COVID, but what they really should have looked at or what I think they really should have looked at is fine. You can look at Ohio state. I'm not saying completely remove them from the conversation, but all the other teams who you think are in the top 10, you need to look at their first five games then. Yeah. Did they win? Did they lose? How many players did they have out? Like you can't just look win or lose. Okay. You know, or strength of schedule. You need to look at win or lose. How many players were out? How many people were sick? How many people were injured? Like there's a whole nother level of, you know, auditing and analysis that you need to be doing on these teams. If you're going to say, and they did say that Ohio state is number three. So all of that to say, Oh, let's go over the order again to Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, Notre Dame. Yes, that's right? correct. So and with all this COVID and everything going on too, that we were just talking about the Rose bowl was supposed to be played in Pasadena, California, but it is now being played in Dallas. That's right. right? That's I- right. So I, I did want to, um, yep. So we have the sugar bowl who Clemson, um, and Ohio state will play in. So number two always plays number three. Um, which in this case is Clemson and Ohio State. So they will play at the Sugar Bowl, which is in New Orleans at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome on New Year's Day at 8.45 p.m. And then Alabama and Notre Dame will play in the Rose Bowl, which is also on New Year's Day at 5 p.m. And to Christine's point, yes, it is historically in Pasadena, California, but because of all of the COVID issues in California and in Pasadena specifically, it's been moved to where the Cowboys play, the Dallas Cowboys play in Arlington, Texas, to allow for the at least Alabama and Notre Dame's families to be able and friends to be able to come and watch um, the Rose bowl, but I'm not sure if they've specifically come out and said that there's going to be spectators yet, but they have officially moved it from Pasadena, California to Arlington, Texas. Oh, we've got great memories in Arlington, Texas. Whenever the Panthers just smack the Cowboys on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving day, it was pouring down rain. I know it was so much fun. (laughs) It was so much fun. While we are talking Texas, we can't leave out fan favorite James Harden. So NBA player James Harden plays for the Houston Rockets, has been wanting to leave the Houston Rockets. We've spoken on him multiple times in our past episodes. There was a lot of talk about the Heat picking up, Miami Heat picking up James Harden. Well, that is no longer the case. So it looks like now the new favorite to pick him up is going to be the Boston Celtics. So historic, you know, we look at, Okay. So I I really want to start here, Christine, by talking about my, um, my little comment earlier in the week on our Instagram with James Harden being overweight. I called him James Larden, which I thought was just hysterical, but I, it was not taken very well by, you know, by many of of our sisters. Yeah. Yeah. By, by, by a few of our sis squad and I rightfully so, you know, I mean, if you, I get it. And I just want to explain that James Harden, first of all, is fine. Second of all, (laughs) he's not hurt by that comment, right? He doesn't, he, he is a professional athlete and James Harden showing up to the first game. He skipped out 
on all of the team's practices. He didn't come to anything athletic related for the Houston Rockets while they were all practicing and, you know, getting their minutes in. He shows up to the very first preseason game and he looks like he's been eating McDoubles and just drinking 1942 every day, which I mean, everybody's been saying that's what he's been doing. He's been partying like crazy. He's been in Vegas and LA and Atlanta and all over the place. And then he just shows up to the game and he's all a overweight. Little, a little chunky. A little bit chunky. And noticeably chunky too. Correct. Noticeably chunky. And everybody was talking about it. All of the media outlets were talking about it. And let me just tell you, James Harden, if nothing else, is a professional athlete, an amazing professional athlete at that. He is might be one of the best offensive basketball players that we have ever seen. He is phenomenal. And he knows every single time he puts anything into his body or doesn't go to a workout exactly what he is doing. He is calculated. So him showing up the first day to Houston, the Houston Rockets game overweight is just him saying, watch me. I can, I can play. It doesn't matter how big I am. It doesn't matter how little I practice. I'm going to play and I'm going to play well. And he came out guns a blazing and shut all the haters up. So me too. I mean, he shut me up. I mean, I posted all these things about him being James Larden. And (laughs) that's the whole point is we can make fun of James Harden for his size and, you know, poke fun at him for being a little bit more overweight than where he was last season. And he can come out and drop 50. Like it's no big thing. So good for you, James Harden, all of that to say, he's definitely not staying with the Rockets. They are trying to position him to go to all these different teams. And I read this Bleacher Report article um, of where he could potentially be going. And the options are like, there's like four and five different teams, but they're trading James Harden, the Rockets are, to these other teams for two, three players, four draft picks. Like, right, right. So they're the ones that are really benefiting from this deal. I mean, not to say James Harden isn't, like you said, an amazing basketball player, but they're getting three or four basketball players out of it and draft picks. And yes, that's right. That's right. Oh, yeah. Obviously you guys, I can go into all the detail here about NBA free agency and what these trades mean, but listen to episode nine, Christine, is that what it is? Yeah. Episode nine, listen to episode nine. It's a little bit of a boring episode because there wasn't much drama, but it is very educational. It tells you everything that you need to know about trading and contracts. And yeah, yeah um, we got really, really in detail about the NBA free agency and kind of all you need to know about it. So that's definitely a good episode to go back and listen to if you're still um, having questions about it. Yes. 100%. So yes, James Harden still is in Houston for now, but again, that's not going to be his forever home. So we will keep you guys updated on the James Harden drama. All right. That wraps up everything, all the tea from last week. I think we covered the majority of what you guys need to know. Now, you know what time it is. You know what time it is, Christine. Who? So there's no game on Thursday, but there is a game at Friday at 430. So there's a game on Christmas. I thought NBA only played on Christmas day. It's 2020 baby. I know. So true. No rules. 
So Friday at 4.30, the Vikings play at the Saints. I hate the Saints. I'm always going to cheer against them. So go Vikings. (laughs) I think that Drew Brees is back in the game. And even though he's got 11 broken ribs, I still think they're going to come out with the W for this one. So I'm going with the Saints. All right. Um, We actually have three games on Saturday, but I just chose one. And it's going to be the 49ers at the Cardinals. Who you got? I think... Kyler is going to play really well and the Cardinals are going to beat the 49ers. I have the Cardinals winning this one because the 49ers are a very injured team right now. Uh, Their top two running backs are hurt and they lost to the Cowboys. So I am thinking that the Cardinals are going to destroy the 49ers. We also have the Sunday games, 1 p.m. Panthers at Washington football team. Who you got? So (laughs) I know this one's always hard to choose. Yeah. Because the Panthers last week, you want to talk about a game last week that I just, I literally turned it off. It was one bad play after another bad play after another bad play after, I I mean, it was, it was hard to watch. It was literally like stabbing myself in the chest. I know. So at this point, As much as I have been saying from earlier, whenever we were talking the jets that you don't want your team or as much as you would want your team to lose, the players still want to win with my, with the players and and coach Matt rule in mind, I'm going to pick the Panthers through gritted teeth, Christine. I know I have the Panthers, but I'm actually going back on that. I think the Washington football team's going to win. They're like on on like uh on fire yes they are so anyways come on panthers i really need you to pull this one out we need to win yes all right so 4 p.m we have eagles at cowboys who you got oh this is a good one and this is like (laughs) this is the nfc east they're in like the worst worst. yes of all time and we talked last week that if the eagles won out they could still make the playoffs with a losing record and with a tie under their belt. Yeah. I'm sorry, Michael, your husband, but I would really like to see the Eagles go to the playoffs, especially because Jalen hurts has been on a total tear. So go Eagles. I got the Eagles winning this one, even though the Cowboys won or beat the 49ers the week prior. I think the the Eagles are going to come out and win this one, especially because Jalen Hurts has been killing it. Yeah. Um, Sunday, 8 p.m. game. We have the Titans at the Packers. I love the Titans football team. Derrick Henry is literally like a... He is what you read in the history books. Whenever you think of like the Roman gladiator, like that is Derrick Henry. Yeah. He is. I really should <laughs> you see like his a, picture. You know how we do like a weekly DK on the story. I should do like a weekly Derrick Henry too, because he is. I don't think the cis squad would hate that at all. Oh my gosh. He's so beautiful. He's so like big that. and beefy and wonderful and yummy. And just like, a. he's a beast. He just runs people over out there. Anyways, he's the running so back for the got? Titans. I want the Titans to win. All right. I have the Packers on this one. I think Aaron Rodgers is just a God. I love Aaron Rodgers. So I'm going to go with the Packers to win this one. He's definitely in the conversation for being the goat, the greatest of all time. Yes. So I see where you went there. Um, Monday night, the bills are playing at the Patriots. 
I think the Bills talk about a team that's on a tear. Pretty sure I've said like four or five teams are on a tear, but seriously, the Bills are on a tear. The, I'm yeah, a the Bills bil- are definitely on a tear. I'm a believer, and the Patriots <laughs> are not on a tear. They're on a complete opposite. Oh my God! Speaking of the Patriots, did you see Cam Newton posted on Instagram? A no. Few- well, I mean, you know, he posted in his hieroglyphic, whatever, but <laughs> but no, he posted this like large apology to Patriots nation because he sucks so bad this because season. he's so terrible. He was like, I know I mean, at least he knows it. Anyways, I can't say yeah. I miss you too much, Cam being yeah, not after this season fan. And I for sure do not miss those Instagram posts. So I say go bills. Go Bills is right, baby. That's who I have. I am a believer. So that wraps up this episode of It Sports Is. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram. And we will see you next week. Toodaloo.